Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to be speaking with Kevin Keppel. Kevin is a business coach and leadership educator, and he has an incredible podcast called Unlock Your Freedom, which I was grateful to be a guest on back in 2022. So Kevin and I connected and really had such a deep, meaningful conversation. I cannot wait to share this episode with you. Kevin loves to be outside in nature as an Ironman athlete and the most fun has the most fun aside from being in the mountains with his dog, Frank. He is lit up when he's helping successful but stressed business owners and executives create more impact by aligning with their heart so that they can truly maximize their genius and find more access to happiness and aliveness. And Kevin has really opened up my eyes and I've learned so much through the strength finders quiz. And he's really educated me to learn more about myself, which I love. This is the piece about entrepreneurship that I think is so powerful. It's connecting with other podcasters, other entrepreneurs, and continuing to learn more and more about ourselves. So as I share this conversation, this is a very heartfelt, like real, honest conversation. And we talk about the power of trust, letting your clients And people see you, like actually see you so that they can trust you and learn how to trust yourself as you go through this process and choosing anything over fear, choose freedom, grace, respect, humility, choose all of it over fear. Because when you do, and you have these standards in place and you make these choices consistently, abundance becomes the standard and the result. And the piece on vulnerability, I loved how much we talked about this here in this episode. The only way to build connection with your clients, your future clients, or others in your life is to let vulnerability be the model and the birthplace of all connections. This is such a beautiful and powerful episode. And Kevin shares with you that no one is going to beat you at being you. So be you. Like, let the world see who you are, not this version that you want to show up differently as, but like the true, authentic, real version, because no one's going to beat you at being you. You're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Kevin. How are you? I'm excellent. Thanks. (laughs) Awesome. We were just having the best conversation before I hit record. I'm like, that's it. We're just recording. (laughs) Yeah. Once you got me to finally stop talking. Uh (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm I'm thrilled to have you here and have this conversation with you. I was on your podcast uh, about a month ago, Un- Unlock Your Freedom, and I loved, loved, loved our conversation. So I'm thrilled me, to have you here. Me as well. Yeah, no, I'm super grateful. I was 
like I was saying before we kicked off the recording here, it's awesome when you meet people that, uh, you know, think in similar ways and love to serve people in similar ways. And, you know, you get to run together and we're not competitors, but we can be co-creators and co-elevate together and just serve at higher levels, bigger, faster, and smarter. Yeah, we could probably end it right there. That was just really powerful. (laughs) It really was. And I think like, I think that this is a big piece of it is this, um, have you ever, have you always been the mindset of the collaborator and the connector and supporting others? Or did you have to work through the pieces of like, but that's competition? Just curious, because this is something that comes up a lot. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Yeah, I have been that way ever since I turned about 30. <laughs> um, but from, and pretty much, oh gosh, I can't remember when it started, probably my whole life. I was super competitive, played a lot of sports, just yep. Like it was all about me winning. And if I didn't think I could win, I probably wouldn't even try in the first place. And, mm-hmm. you know, like if it wasn't instantly easy, like I was like, ah, eh, that's not for me. And I would just like not critically think, not problem solve. And I had to be number one. And that's such a, a hard way to move through life because like you try to be good at everything. Like, and I'm definitely not good at everything. Like no. I'm definitely not good at probably more things that I'm actually good at. Right. But, yeah. you know, I, um, I took, you know, I'm certified by Gallup to teach with the Strength Finders tool. And one of my top strengths is competition. And like there's the healthy version and the unhealthy version. And the healthy version is like, or the, let's talk on the other side, the dark side, the basement, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And the basement's like, it's all about me. Like I was just talking about, like, it's, I'm going to win. And if I have to stay on your throat to do it, cool. That, that's just going to give me a boost. And fortunately made a good shift to the healthy side, right? Where it's about mm-hmm. us winning, you know, we can win together and, you know, just really connecting with other humans because connection is like one of our most fundamental needs as humans. Like I have to connect with others. It's what we're all craving, right? Like it's literally what we're craving. And I, I know Brene Brown says that, but like, that's like the number one human core need that we have is to connect to others or to see that we have connections. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, I was reading through, um, Bruce Lipton's The Biology of Belief again this weekend. And like, he's such a powerful guy, man, because he can make those really complex ideas simple, like, you know, mm-hmm. epigenetics, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. amazing. But he's just talking about the 50 trillion cells in our body. They're all cooperating. And, you know, at, when they get out of cooperations, when we get into, you know, disease and things that we don't want. And, you know, it's, it's so like on a cellular level, we're meant to cooperate. And mm-hmm. like, that's how we've evolved as humans and a species. And that's how, you know, we, get to serve at higher levels again because that's what it's all about growing and giving the more we grow the more we can give Mm -hmm. yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more um first off bruce lipton i just listened to him again on a lewis house podcast and he's like next level like it's just but he simplifies it in such a way but it's just it's it's incredible and this piece of understanding like how we can completely change who we are at like cellularly we can create change And it sounds like that is a big piece of what you did. And I mean, from how I've met you and known you has been this piece of connection and collaboration and you have a beautiful podcast and a beautiful sense of way of how you interview people, which I love. Like, I absolutely love that. How did you get there? How did you move from being a competitive person who was focused on what on, on winning. Good. Listen, I get it. That was me. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Um, there's a reason we connect, um, winning to who you are now and how you show up in the world. Yeah. Well, stop making it all about me. Step one, um, which is 
really simple. It doesn't mean it was necessarily easy. Um, but I, man, I struggled with addiction from about 15 to 30 and addiction is just, you know, totally narcissistic behavior. It's like, you know, it's, uh, look at me because it's all about me, but don't look too close. Cause I actually don't like anything that's going on in here. And, you know, one thing all addictions have in common, right? Repetition with zero payoff. And yep. fortunately I, uh, have a great family and friends and, you know, they knew I was capable of better and, you know, it was, uh, like a switch. And then I did lots of work after that, but, uh, I've had great mentors and coaches like, you know, I love to be coached. And, uh, I know that every time I'm around somebody powerful, you know, I get so much further, so much faster and just being open and coachable is huge. Right. Because mm-hmm. 15 to 30, I had to have all the answers. If I didn't know, I acted like I knew, right. Cause the ego yeah. refuses to say, I don't know and mean it. Right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I learned how to do that. And, you know, it was really great. I got around some great people and, uh, some, you know, leaders maybe, or coaches who aren't as, you know, great too. And, you know, we need contrast and that gives us clarity. And I've, uh, man, I read, you know, a tremendous amount of books and just study and just stay really open to a better way. Uh, quit, quit giving up that false ideal of perfection and just, you know, work on getting better. And that's always the goal, right? God, all of that. Like, thank you for sharing what the way you did and for sharing that part of yourself. Because again, I know someone else is going to hear this and they're going to resonate and they're going to connect because those pieces that we hold on to, right? Like that perfectionism, like look at me, but don't look too close because I don't want you to see actually, like she really don't want you to see what's going on in here. And, you know, then you do get people who do see you and they do see you and that's uncomfortable because it's like, oh, I don't like, I need to work on those pieces and that perfectionism kicks in. So I know, we all know that that path to perfectionism is not the path to create change. Like that just does not work. And you have to completely let that go and create a new way of being because that will never work. Yeah. Well, like if I'm trying to be perfect, that's probably somebody else's version of perfection anyways. And that's comparison. And, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of joy. I'm like, man, that is such a great quote because like every time I compare myself to anyone else or my results to anyone else's, like I rob myself of joy. Mm -hmm. And what is joy? Joy is love expressed. And I think, you know, it's like we have two options. We can pretty much everything we do is motivated either by love or by fear. You know, fear has all these other hats it's going to wear, like pride, Mm -hmm. apathy, shame, guilt, whatever. It's all fear based, but love is love. And, you know, like an unconditional love, not, I love you. If you get this result, just, I love you. And like, you don't have to like people or yourself or whatever to love yourself. Right. If you don't like something you've done, that's okay. You can still love yourself. Right. If you don't like the way your spouse is showing up, you can still love her or him unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the loving unconditionally without liking, that's, you know, that's why we get married. Right. That's why we have in-laws, you know, so we can practice that. And that's a joke. I I have really great (laughs) in-laws. Um, but, but everybody kind of resonates if I ever said that. Um, so, you know, like people are people, man. But you know what? Like we've all heard it. Everybody's doing the best they can. And mm-hmm. if that's the best they can do and they're struggling and it's coming out really sideways, the last thing they need me to do is hurt them more. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think of like, how can we open up more doors for people who are struggling? Like I, the kind of work that you're doing, the kind of clients that you're working with, how do we create more open doors for people to say, you know, I'm struggling and, and, and support them in that process? Because we all know that even to get to that space of saying that, like that takes tremendous strength, tremendous strength to say, I'm, I'm not okay right now. And it's hard if you're a person who 
and I think of myself, like to say, I'm not okay is not, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Cause it's like, okay, well then I have to go figure that out. And sometimes we actually don't have to figure it out. We actually just have to trust that we're in this space to learn something. So somewhere in that share was a question and it was yeah, like, <laughs> I, I think I got it. Okay, <laughs> it good. Cool. okay, good. Because it's not like me thinking out loud actually, uh, because I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, sometimes we gotta be okay not being okay i don't always need to fix everything or fix myself it's you know it's it's his perfection not my perfection right like we're already perfect we were born perfect and that's the good news and i have a friend who's uh she coaches on uh human design which is pretty fascinating stuff yeah i'm like every time like man you're blowing my mind um really cool lady um woman and uh she said you know maybe based on like your gene keys and some of the other stuff she was talking about, you really need to practice divine laziness. I was like, man, I've never heard that phrase before, but I really like it. And so divine laziness is just, you know, kind of being present and open and not just, you know, struggling to create more to create more and just, you know, being open to receive. And like, you know, sometimes you've done all the work and, you know, we've got to receive. And I just love that she said that and it was so so much more eloquent and beautiful the way she put it but i think just the phrase alone probably gives you a good idea what where she was coming from with that oh i actually that one hits me i have goosebumps when i think about it because i have a mentor who is forever saying you know it it has there are times it has to be enough like what you're doing has to be enough because she's like if if somebody were to land on your content and you don't post for a month you have done enough over the last few years that there's information available about you. Like it has to be enough. If it's, when is it enough? And I think this is a great question because, you know, if we don't have a time when it's enough, then we're never, we're always striving for more. And I'm like, I'm a doer. I get it. I I, I do. I love being able to create and do more, but I would say at least multiple times a day to myself, I'm like, no, what you've done is more than enough. Like it's enough. And it's, it just brings that nervous system down and understanding, but I love divine laziness. I absolutely love that phrase. Yeah. Love it. Oh, so good. And I you know to your question earlier, to how, how did we get people, you know, to raise awareness of, you know, the, the truth of what they want or who they are or whatever. I think, you know, whether it's with ourselves or we're working with somebody else, like, there's this influence equation that I always really focus on. And, you know, the influence equation to me is trust, connection, then vision. But I remember when I was a, a new leader in my twenties and I got promoted to, you know, Mr. Manager. And I'm like, I have no idea how to lead people. Right. And you know, I've been in sports my whole life. I've been, you know, captains of teams or whatever, but I had not much leadership uh, experience. And so I just started telling people what to do because I'm in charge. And that's like the backwards equation, right? It's vision first. But if I don't build trust and people don't feel connected to me or to what I'm trying to share, then there's not co-creation. There's not co-elevation, at least not when I'm not around. There might be when I'm there, but as soon as I walk away, if people don't feel safe, you know, they they don't trust you and vice versa. And if I don't feel safe, I'm not going to be vulnerable. And the only way I'm going to create something new is going into the unknown, which requires me to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so very important that the first step is building trust with people and showing up authentically, consistently, selflessly with empathy, right? I don't have to be an empathetic person to have empathy, right? Like, you know, like it's, it's a skill like anything else. 
And when you just show up for people and, you know, show them what vulnerable looks like, be the model, it doesn't mean tell them everything, you know, about you that has ever happened necessarily, but just showing up as a real authentic human with humanity. And that's how, you know, people really build something special together and a real connection. And that's when people are happy to co-create whatever the vision is that you're sharing. Mm-hmm. That is so beautiful. I love it. As you are in this space right now, and I think of, like you say, you read a lot of books, you do a lot of work on yourself and continue. What is the work you get to do today that lights you up the most? Oh, I love helping people like just change the way they think about limits or the beliefs that they've created and just make new decisions about who they are and really align with, you know, their true natural genius and create from that place of integrity because you know what nobody's ever going to beat you in the world it being you like you've got the market cornered on that one and we're, we're like Steve, oh, seth godin oh, i love his stuff and he, he said yeah. something to the effect of you know we'll never be creative making copies like i can never win like my brother wins my brother's awesome but he's almost my direct opposite and the way that just he does things he's very methodical in his approach and stoic and like i'm like dude Johnny Carson, just jump off the cliff, build your wings on the way down. Because I like being in action because I get feedback when I'm in action. Maybe it's one more way not to do it, but it's not better or worse. It's just different. And, you know, like you do such a great job of owning your authentic voice. Like I was telling you in the green room, you know, like I heard your podcast and <laughs> you can go like there. A, okay. There was like an F bomb came out. And I was like, whoa, I was in the shower when I heard it. And I was, I was just surprised me like that's awesome because it was really authentic to what you were talking about and it just like it just that Marsha's being Marsha and like that's how I want to hang out with I want to hang out with real people not like some carbon copy of somebody else's copy because that's just a reaction and if I'm reacting I'm definitely not creating and so I think that uh you know that's the greatest gift we can bring the world is just creation and and it takes so first of all I received that because we were had a pretty good laugh about it. Um and this piece of allowing yourself to be yourself. It's it's not an easy one to do, especially when we're in this online space, right? Like I think right now actually is a better time because I do believe social media is less curated than it was even four or five years ago. I think it's far more real and it's like the vulnerable real side. We see so much more of that. I also think that there's almost, I don't want to say too much, but I think that there are sometimes it's like, is that for real? Like, are you sharing that vulnerable side because that's for real? Or do you want it to be seen that way? I don't know. Like, I can't quite figure out some of those pieces, but in this space of online, um, God, I actually think it's so important to show who you are. I've had mentors and people reach out to me and say, you can't swear online. That's really wrong. And I'm like, okay, thanks for your opinion. I don't remember asking, but thank you for your opinion. And <laughs> and secondly, like the way I finally got to the space is that's me. Like when I'm in a fired up space, that's me. So if you bring on a client, for example, and you give a presentation online of how you are and how you handle calls and what you do, and then they decide to work with you and they come in your space and you all of a sudden start becoming a completely your actual real person, they're like, whoa, what is this? Like, this is, I think it's really, I think it's super important to be who you are and let that be seen because we're not meant to be for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. That would be so confusing to somebody because you're going to be out of integrity with, you know, who you say you're, 
you are. And then you show up and you're being somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not consistent. And I'm not going to trust whoever I'm with if, you know, the online version is one way. And then, you know, we jump on, you know, live on Zoom, which, and it's like it's a completely different person. It's like, I don't, I don't care about really anything, but, you know, how you show up you know, authentically in your life is what I care about, whatever that looks like. That's what's important to me. And that, you know, you're really intentional about choosing love over fear and, you know, just treating people the way you want to be treated, right? That's the golden rule. That's the basis of pretty much any religion, right? Treat other people the way you want to be treated. It doesn't matter if you're looking at Christianity, Buddhism, you know, Hinduism, Taoism, it's all in there in some form, treat other people the way you want to be treated. It's so simple. But that doesn't always mean easy, of course, right? No, it doesn't. And it's interesting because if I go back to your other three words that you mentioned about like having the vision and building trust and connection, do you think most people trust themselves? I think that's probably a no. Um, you know, and that's not like intentional, of course. I think it's just people have these models of behavior that are you should be this way to be okay. Like you need this to be okay. And mm-hmm. that right there is the source of all suffering, you know, according to Buddha, right? Is craving, wanting things to be different than they actually are. Like, yeah, of course I have goals, but they're not expectations because mm-hmm. if it's an expectation, that means, okay, if I don't get it, what I expected, then I failed. And if I do, there's no big win anyways, because that's what I expected, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have goals, sure, but how in the world do I know, you know, if that's exactly what I want until I really get into action and start moving towards it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like goals become judgments. It's like, you know, we start judging success, fail on this one thing we picked that's static and change is the only constant in the world. So why would I pick static things like that? Like, sure, I need something to shoot at, but the prize is in the process, right? Or, you know, the journey and all the, you know, the journey is like the best part or all the stuff that people say. Mm-hmm. Like, man, if I just show up every day in an effort to, you know, choose love over fear and to move towards my most authentic self and to serve other people on doing that. Like that's winning. It's, it is winning. It is winning. And I, I mean, I'm just resonating. I'm not surprised. I'm resonating with so many things that you're saying because I'm very, I don't want to say resistant to goals. I have visions, but goals to me can really tie up to expectations and like expectations are like you said, pass or fail. Like it's you do or you don't. And they're also, um, one of my favorite episodes I did a long time ago is like based on the difference between standards and expectations. So expectations are all future-based, right? They're all future-based. I can't control. I might go out on this path and I'm like, this is what I'm creating. And then the universe is like, no, you're not. We're doing it this way. And so did I actually fail? No, it's like this. So I like to look at standards and standards are like how I choose to show up in my life every single day. So what are some of the standards that you have to be your best self every day? When you were talking, I was thinking of that book, um, Stephen Stephen Pressfield, like pretty much all his books, but like Turning Pro. Did you ever read that one? Like mm-hmm. Turning Pro is a chapter in the War of Art. So we wrote a whole book about it because he got so much good feedback. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's one of the standards. Like, am I, it's either a professional or an amateur. And like, I'm a professional mm-hmm. and I show up as one. You know, pros show up, not when they feel like it. Pros show up, period. And, you know, one of the standards is, am, am I treating people the way they should be treated? Am I showing up as a pro? Am I doing what I said I would do? 
know, am I living in integrity with, you know, who I say I am and, you know, the core values, it's like freedom. It's a really, really important one, right? The freedom to create in my most authentic way and to let other people do that without judgment, right? That's really, really important. And then grace, I think is definitely important. It's one of the other core values. And, you know, with grace, it's like, Hey, nobody's perfect. Right. Like, you know, I've had so many graceful people with me and, you know, it's like, Hey, we're always, you know, doing the best we can with whatever we got. And then I think um, respect is really important as well. This respect for other people and their ideas. And, you know, that's really humility too, you know, seeing the good and the value in other people and their ideas. And then abundance. You now abundance is a standard because anytime I get sideways, it starts on the level of thought, right? Have some thought and we we believe it. We start reacting to it emotionally, you know, physically, whatever. Uh, it's like, okay. Then I'm thinking in this lack-based way because that's what's creating this fear, right? Mm-hmm. And so where do I need to, you know, be abundant? And, you know, that's uh, it's a pretty powerful way to come at the world because you know, all of that right there is choosing love over fear. And that's a skill that we can all develop. It's all choosing love over fear. Like, thank you for sharing um, your standards there because they're, they really hit home. Honestly, they're, it's really powerful. I was just going to ask you, um, I'm assuming, but I, that when you're in a space, you talk about grace, like you've learned how to give yourself more grace through as a human, right? Like this is not an easy thing to learn period, but I'm assuming that this is something that you have learned and put into practice in your own life on a regular basis. Yeah, just being really gentle with myself because if I'm not, if there's no grace in here, then I have no grace to share with others, right? I can't give what I don't have. And I, I think um, there's a cool little practice. Like we, we've all heard of letting go, right? You know, let that S go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, but there's a cool practice um, that I've been learning about over the past few months. It's pretty cool. It's like, let it be, let it go, let it in. And I really like that. It's like, whatever is, is, right? Just let it be, you know? And as like the whatever arises inside of you, if, you know, it's not something that is conducive to love and abundance, then it's natural to want to let it go, which is the second step. And then once I've let go and created space, what do I want to let in? And mm-hmm. man, I want to let in peace, ease, peace, ease, and flow. I almost mm-hmm. said all those words at once somehow. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't have enough of those three. Peace, no, ease, exactly. and flow. <laughs> Exactly. Let it be, let it go, let it end. Let it in. I in. In. Okay. In. Oh, I love that. Because right, if you're always holding on to all these things and you can't let them go, there's no room to receive anything else. There's like no it's like you've got these walls up. There's no room for it to come in. Yeah. That's control, right? And that's the ego. It loves to control. It has to know. And the ego is dangerous for many reasons, but it's finite. There's a beginning and an end to what it knows. Mm-hmm. And I want to leverage the infinite parts of me, which I have to, you know, let go to be able to do that. Hmm. What a deep conversation. Like, I love this. This is absolutely, I love it. Um, your podcast, Unlock Your Freedom. So what was that like to start? And did you go through, like, was it like, yes, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this feels right. Or did you have moments of like, Ooh, can I do this? What, what was that process like for you? And why did you start it? Uh, well, which time? It's been started twice. Oh. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. I went through this. I get it. <laughs> well, the first time I just started it, you know, I used uh, actually Pat Flynn's course. Um, like he has an amazing free course and I bought other courses from him just basically to say thanks for the free course. Uh, 
so I kind of started it myself. I didn't have a really clear intention, but I knew I wanted to serve and really help people in a different way. And so I only made it about 10 episodes in. And that's, I think mainly I didn't make it farther on that one because I was editing myself or editing the podcast myself and I would put it off and put it off, but I just did not like that part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thankfully I've got a great editor, uh, shout out to Arnaud, who is a lifesaver because he's phenomenal editing and really helpful. So I started again a couple of years ago and really the intention was again, just to serve people in a different way. And I wanted to get better at saying what I'm saying too. So I do a lot of training and group coaching as well. And I knew that it, that would help me to really develop you know, the skill of you know, pouring into other people even further. And so a couple of times I thought about stopping and both times, like, you know, the universe sent somebody my way who was like, Hey, your podcast really helped me or, you know, something like similar to that, that really was like, don't stop. It's not about you. And, you know, as long as I'm focused on the end user, you know, like loose end user, right. It's not like, it has to be this person, just somebody's getting served by this. Like that's the goal. And, you know, I help a certain type of folks, right. Like I like to help leaders that are looking to, you know, get unstuck and find flow and create more abundance. And mm-hmm. you know, we all get stuck at some point. And it's really nice to have a platform where I can come alongside, you know, other people like you that I otherwise probably wouldn't have gotten to meet. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in Canada, but, uh, <laughs> but I love Canadians. So it was really great. Yeah. So, oh, I answer. love it. No, it's a great answer. And I like, it's, that's the other thing I think, um, I loved your honesty first off, because I think most people who have been podcasting for a while, if you ask them, like, did you quit or did you stop? Or did you like almost all of them were like, yep, because it was, it's not, a, it, it's not a, um, path that gives you clear rewards. You know, that your message is landing. Like half the time I'm sitting here talking to my mic by myself. I'm like, is anybody again? I don't even know. I don't even, I don't know. Right. You don't know. And so it can be really hard in the beginning when you're in that space with, and you know, you see the downloads or whatever it is and whatever you play story in your head. So if you're listening to this and you have ever, you have a podcast that you have listened to, whether it's mine or whether it's Kevin's, or it's someone else's and you have a message that landed, like I cannot stress enough, take two minutes and, and share a message to the podcaster, do a review, do, because I, I honestly, half the time, I feel like we're kind of on our own here. Yeah, that is uh, really, really helpful. When somebody gives you a shout out on your podcast, mm-hmm. something that stood out that helped them because that's the whole point. And like you said, it feels like we're just kind of talking to ourselves sometimes if it's a solo episode, especially in mm-hmm. like an echo chamber almost. <laughs> and, <laughs> and by the time I finish recording, sometimes I send it off and I'm like, I don't even know what I said. I don't even know what I said. And it just kind of comes out <laughs> sometimes. Right. So most it, of that was English. Uh, we'll, <laughs> I, don't we'll see. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. So you just co-authored a chapter in a book. Did you not? Yeah. Yeah, tell us about that. So it's from our friends at Podmatch. So shout out to Alex Sanfilippo and all his uh, Mm -hmm. fine people on his team. Um, Yeah, it's just a book on hosting and, you know, how to do it better, I suppose. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that I'm, you know, necessarily the expert, but uh, just how to really connect with other people on this platform and how to help them, you know, through your vehicle. It's not inviting people on my podcast so that we can talk about 
you know, my greatness, right? It's a short conversation. Um, but I'm having them on to uh, really connect with other, another human and to uh, see how we can maybe help somebody else through the things we're sharing together. And I'm just, it was really cool opportunity to get to, you know, share in that book with a lot of other really powerful people. And I'm actually, I think my solo book will come out in the spring of next year. And so I'm pretty pumped about that because unlike the podcast, which I've done twice, I've written this three times. Um, so we're finally going to birth that baby, uh, which I'm really excited about. So I'm working really hard on that. So. Um, oh, congrats. Like I actually, yeah, I'm a, we just released our seventh and I wow. have my, yeah, That's I know amazing. I have been my, like I've done a solo to collaborative and that I've led and then other chapters that I've written. And I keep having this download to do like a next solo book, which feels crazy because it's a tremendous amount of work. But again, if, if you're being tapped, right. If you're being tapped and that's what the tap is that like the magic comes when you start to follow, like when you listen and trust and follow so many incredible things can open up. But as humans, we like to see the how or what's it going to look like when it's done. And we don't have a clue. Yeah. And I mean, I like, I like that being tapped, you know, it's like your intuition. The more you listen to it, the, the easier it gets to really hear it and understand it. But it's always subtle in my experience, at least, you know, the, the ego is the screamer. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we're getting the loud, you know, do this, don't do that. Right. It, when it's coming from fear, if you just bring awareness to it, it gets so much easier to understand. Doesn't necessarily make it easier to act on it, right? Because there's always going to be resistance to, you know, doing something new. But like, man, energy flows to the path of least resistance, right? So whatever I accept, that's where the energy is going to flow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every time I resist, I create more resistance, like hashtag duh. But that leads to, you know, stress and overstress. And then like, you know, I bump up against somebody and I spill out all over them with this overstress, which is usually anger, right? Or whatever. And that's not what I want, you know? And, but if I, you know, teach myself that the path of least resistance is listening to my intuition, even when it's hard, right? The hard way becomes the path of least resistance. That's why it's important to do hard things like to create, you know, podcasts regularly to go running when you don't feel like it or whatever, you know, to doing the hard becomes the new normal, that's your path of least resistance. That's where all your energy is going to flow. And that's a really cool place to be. Oh, I i mean, if, I would love it if you're listening, if you went back about one minute and listened to that, because again, because it's really powerful. Um, energy flows to the path of least resistance. So where can you create less resistance so that more energy can flow? That is not in micromanaging and figuring out every song detail and creating more resistance. It's like, where can you decrease that and allow? Yeah, that was really powerful. Honestly, that was a really powerful piece. Um, it's interesting because you said something there about running. I heard this. I don't even know where I heard it lately. And then I did a podcast episode coming out, but it was a sense of we spend so much time visualizing what we're going to have when it's done. Right. And if I'm pretty, if I'm going to make a guess, I'm pretty sure I got this concept from Mel Robbins because I love Mel Robbins. But she said that we spend so much time visualizing like the big, big vision. And it's, it could be like five, 10 years down the road. There's nothing wrong with that. But she's like, are you spending time visualizing the end or are you actually visualizing the, the shit in the middle you don't want to do that's going to get you there? 
And I was like, oh my God, it just hit me. And she's like, you know, visualize that it's, you know, snowing blizzard and you still have to get up and run. Like visualizing that no one likes your stuff and you still have to produce. Like visualize. And I I loved that concept in this idea of it's all of a sudden it's like that is a path of least resistance is accepting and acknowledging that all of those, those things that maybe feel really hard in the middle will lead you to the vision that you're trying to create. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And like, that's a really good way to stay present too, because like I can never do anything in the future, right? No. I can only do things right here, right now. I definitely can't change anything that's already happened. I, I need to yeah. learn from the past and, you know, look to the future sometimes, but I need to do my work in the present. Mm-hmm. And I got the opportunity to um, summit Mount Rainier this past year, this summer with my brother. And like, there's not a lot of mountains in Texas where we live. So to climb this, you know, 15,000 foot, almost glaciated peak. Right. And so it, it's like pretty hard because there's ice and snow all over it. Right. And you could, you know, people perish on there frequently and anywho, so we we're smart enough to hire guides. <laughs> and it was actually the second time I've tried it because the year before we went and I didn't get to the top, like weather and some other things happened. But the day we woke up for summit day at midnight, we started at one in the morning, like cloud blew in. It was so snowy and dark and cold and windy and the only thing i kept thinking of is like man this is gonna be a long day because i'm like impatient right i want to get up and down and i knew it was going to be about five-ish hours to the top and then about 10 to 14 coming down depending on how fast we're moving and then like there's this giant gaping hole i can feel next to me because we're on this narrow path and there's like crevasses everywhere and i was like man i'm kind of scared and this is really hard and i don't there's no way i can do 13 hours or whatever it's going to be like how am i going to do this and i'm like dude you don't have to do that all you gotta do is take one more step that's all you got to do mm-hmm. so i get like i don't know how many one more steps i took but it was actually a really really great time because like my brother was with me like i said and at, right at the top poor guy like right when we some of it came down he fell and he re-hurt his high ankle sprain and so he like one leg coming down the whole mountain oh and my like, gosh. i know and i felt so bad for him I felt bad for me at first. I'm like, this is going to take forever. I'm like, whoa, dude, like, at least your leg is real good, man. Like you got, you're doing all right. Like, okay, yeah. one more step, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. he was so awesome about it. Cause he's like, yeah, it's fine. I know he was in a lot of pain and it, like really, really cool experience. But you know, if I chose to think about the end the whole time, I would have been so frustrated. It would have been so hard. So I think just staying present is such great advice always. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's one of the biggest, um, pieces of advice and something that a lot of us like it's 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 probably one of my more challenging things but I can catch it faster now it's like okay well no that Marsha that's like that's like a week from now I don't know like it's just today like what can I do today that is going to create change and how is that going to move the needle forward to where I want to go yeah I mean that's so simple, but that's why it usually gets overlooked too. Uh, I need something way more complicated to fix me. Like I really messed up, right? We need to solve pie and then maybe I can have some happiness. Like, no, dude, happiness <laughs> is inside waiting on you right now. Oh, it's completely inside. And I know you've said it, but I would love to just wrap this piece because I think people can take so much away. Somebody who's listening who wants to make a massive change in their life. They want to, they want that big leap. They're looking and listening to your story and going, Oh my God, like I I want to change this part of my story and I want to be doing work that Kevin's doing. What are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're in that process of creating major change in their life? Ooh. That's so good. Uh, well, for one, and not having clarity 
you know, like the two most important questions, whether you're, you know, want to improve financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever. It's what do you want first and foremost? Mm -hmm. And then why? You know, like, what do you want? Like, what are you passionate about bringing into your life that you don't have? And then why is the purpose, right? How am I mixing generosity into this passion? You know, mm -hmm. like, how's this thing I want to create serving, you know, the community, the world, you know, God, whatever. And it doesn't have to be an actual service, right? Like you developing yourself into a better version of you, that's serving. Yeah. Because because you're going to be just a more powerful, productive impact. And then really figuring out, like, you know, who are you? Like, who are you? What's your most authentic version look like? And definitely not the only way, but one of the ways, like I initially start with is I love uh, Strength Finders, which I was got certified by Gallup years ago to coach with that tool. And it's called Clifton Shrinks now, but same exact assessment. But I like it. There's so many assessments out there, right? There's a lot of great ones. But the reason I like Strength Finders so much, it's not a complete portrait of your character. Like, hey, here's you. But what it identifies are your natural talents, right? Here's your natural talents right? But that's not rare. Like I've seen thousands of reports. I've never seen a blank one, right? <laughs> like, sorry, you don't have any talent, right? Sorry. Like, yeah, sorry, get out. Um, No, it's always the same 34, just a different order. But what's rare is people who have developed those into strengths that they can use on demand, right? Like I'm left-handed, right? It's my natural talent. And I learned how to write and pretty much stopped developing that right after I learned how to write. And so I'm not a great, you know, handwriterist, if that's mm -hmm. not even a word, but it is now. And that's okay. I don't get paid for that, right? Like that's not how I'm serving the world. But you know, when people really understand how to use like our like our our natural talents, also like our natural sources of energy. And so energy is indifferent, right? Again, it goes the path of least resistance. So if it's pointed at fear, then whatever I focus on, I'm going to create more of. And so if I have my talents directed towards fear, I'm going to consistently and constantly sabotage myself, probably sabotage my relationships and sabotage the people around me. And we can't destroy or create energy, right? But we can transform it. And yeah. so understanding the patterns of behavior that I have that give me the highest level of results, but also give all that away. Like, I love knowing that. And I'm sure you're familiar with David Hawkins too, right? And it's the difference between power and force. Yeah. Like force always creates counterforce, right? I kick my front door open if I even could, right? It would hurt me. It'd hurt the door. But if I have a key, that's very powerful. I just turn it, open it, walk in. It works every time. So, you know, understanding, you know, are, am I being powerful? Am I being forceful? And understanding exactly what that looks like is a really cool gift to give yourself and to give to the world. And then, you know, when you have this clarity on what you want and what your highest, best self looks like, and you can do it on demand, well, then you're pretty much unstoppable. Mm. Wow. Wow. That is so, like, that's so powerful. Honestly, that really hits home for me. And I know I'm not the only person that it's going to hit home for. Um, so as we're in space and I just want to share like the work that you're doing. So you've got your podcast, you do coaching and you have a book that's coming out, which we will, I just put that out there. We, <laughs> we will probably have another conversation. I'm sure as your book is coming, can you share a little bit about what your book is going to be about? Sure. Um, it's called, so my podcast is unlock your freedom. And I'm thinking the name of the book is going to be Unlocking Your Freedom or mm -hmm. similar. Mm -hmm. And really, it follows a lot of the the flow that I do with, uh, I have a mastermind group for you know leaders that want a community of other leaders to co-create with and co-elevate. And it follows a lot of the flow that we do there. And really, it's about, like I said earlier, unstuck, find flow, create wealth, right? And there's kind of four types of wealth, right? You know, it's like social 
physical and all those other good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, how do I learn to create as my most authentic self from a coherent place where I'm in integrity, you know, where my heart's coherent with my mind. And I think a lot of people give that power away and they solely live in the mind. Mm -hmm. And so once I'm in this heart coherent place, my most powerful, most authentic self, how can I maximize my creative output and how can I find flow on demand? And, you know, flow is those states of really peak performance, right? Where we're creating at our zenith, but it's also a really cool acronym for what we're doing because it's like F is for freedom, right? The freedom to be our most authentic self. L is for, you know, choosing love over fear as a habit. And O is for, you know, others, connecting with other people and mutually beneficial relationships. And that W is for the wealth piece. And then, you know, like now that we're creating from this, you know, zenith so to speak our greatest stuff like how can i transfer that to other people how can i you know make a positive impact and not just create leaders behind me but leaders of leaders whether i'm in a leadership position or not people are looking at me for how to show up wow that's powerful that is really powerful i love i i think one thing that hits me is like i i love this servant type leader that you are like this is a this is a piece of it when, when I was in a really dark spot, I remember working with a mentor and I was like, I just want to help others who've been on the same path. Like I just want, and I said, you know, it's kind of like a servant leadership. And I remember her saying, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. And it's, it's, it was <laughs> interesting because it's like, that's not how you create wealth. That's not how you create a business. And I, I do think that if you can find it in your way, you can serve first the results come. If you're always looking for that result piece, like you're looking for, if you want to put wealth as the only benchmark, if you're looking at that, but you're not willing to do the pieces in between, then you're always chasing and you're always chasing and then always searching for it. Yeah, absolutely. And like yeah. wealth doesn't just mean money, right? I kind of touched on it for a second, right? But freedom, yeah. I mean, freedom to you know, create how we want to create what we want to create. That's time wealth. Yeah. And, you know, social wealth is having relationships with people we want to have relationships with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, of course I, I need money too. Right. And then I think physical wealth, you know, if I don't feel good, I'd never perform as well. Like, oh, I, you know, yes, yes. Physical wealth health is such a underrated piece of uh, because it's, it's how you show up and how you can, you know, have stamina for your days and love what you're doing and, and do those pieces. So to me, without the health piece, it's just, you know, it's just lost. It's lost. Yeah. I mean, when your energy's lower because your physical, you know, mm -hmm. side isn't as strong as it should be or whatever, just because it's been a long day. Like mm -hmm. I know I always like towards the end of the day, I definitely feel like a little dumber than I did in the morning. Right. Like I'm not, <laughs> not quite as sharp. Um, not quite as sharp. No. And I mean, there comes in then when that happens, that grace, that forgiveness, the compassion, because we have to meet ourselves with where we're at. And sometimes that requires that we actually do have to pour more in our own cup first so that we can give to others. Yeah. No, almost definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thought. Wow. This has been an absolutely like <laughs> a deep conversation, which I love and I thought it would be. So I'm so grateful that you were here to share so much knowledge with everyone. Honestly, it's really powerful. Um, where's the best place for people to connect with you and learn more about you? Uh, social media. I probably spend the most time on Instagram, but you know, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn too. So mm -hmm. wherever you'd like to go, I'll be there. 
Perfect. I will um, make sure all of your information is in the show notes and everything you have is there as well as your podcast, because it's a powerful podcast. I have one more question for you. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Just really being intentional about being kind more than I'm right. Uh, Being kind to myself, being kind to other people. Like, I don't care if you're right. I just care if you're kind. Beautiful. Honestly, beautiful. Thank you so much for this conversation today. I value this connection a ton. Thank you. Yeah, me as well. Thanks, Marsha. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.